0: And we welcome you back in. Monday edition of Morning Drive. Fourth and final hour off and running. Nick Braden, May, San Marquise here on ESPN 1025. The game. Big final hour coming up as we will go around the NFL at 930. And, of course, the big finish at 945. But the Predators get their season underway this week as we start welcoming back in our Weekly appearances and joining us each and every Monday on this show will be our buddy Darren McFarland, who of course you hear on the Preds Radio Network, and of course Darren Donick and Chase D. Mac. What's happening, sir? How are you?
1: up, uh, boys. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. How are you?
1: <laughs> how are you? I'm fiving, man. I'm hanging in there.
0: There you go. So, what do you like? Let me let me ask you. Best case scenario, because we've seen like the replenishment of the the. the, the the depth of this team. Guys like and guys like Pitlick are going to start the year in Milwaukee. What do you think is the best case scenario for how a lot of these guys will play out this year that made a case in camp for being on the big league roster?
1: Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. Look, I, I've admitted this, Nick, a long time ago. I admitted it to Peter Laviolette last week at Centino Sports Flex. I gave up you know, trying to doubt coaches because I know sometimes it is coach speak. When you hear there's battles in camp, and I used to always be hooey, fooey. There's not, you know, there's no battle for that position. Give me a break. That guy's job is not in jeopardy, or they're not really serious about that guy. Well, I've learned a long time ago there really is something to it, and it's no different in football or any other sport. There truly are camp battles. I mean, they are truly interested uh, in what they see, especially if it's somebody in their pipeline, somebody that they've drafted and invested their time into. So these guys have absolutely opened the eyes up to the coaches. And sometimes it's just about stages, right? It's just about growing up, and D-Makes knows this. Sometimes you're just ready. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be great at one point or really, really good at one point, but you're just not ready, especially in hockey where they start at such a young age. They don't have to go to college. Now, some did. Rim Pitlick did, but... It's about learning the two-way, you know, both ends of the ice. And just growing up, it's, it's a man's game out there. When you're 18, 19, and 20 years old, my goodness, I think about me at that age. Holy cow. <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't even close. I was barely close to being ready for life or get, trying to be a professional athlete. So, you know, these guys have gotten the attention of this coaching staff in front of office. I mean, it's it's not just words that, hey, Rim Petlick and Ellie Tolvin look like they've taken – the next steps and look like they're ready. I, I think it's it's not coach speak. It's not just words. I think when something happens, which is inevitable, right? I mean, it's just going to happen in the course of an eighty-two game season. It's just like football, it's no different. Injuries are going to happen. Unfortunately, those guys are going to be the first ones they look at. Uh,
2: if you look at the central division, um, you know, I, 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 there's a lot of teams you can make the case to be the favorite. Dallas. Um, certainly Nashville's in that conversation, St. Louis is the defending champs. Who are the teams that you just say, you know what, I don't think they can compete. I I know it's a deep division. I know there's four or five or six contenders. Who who are the teams that you think just, I I don't see that team competing for a playoff spot or for a a division title this year? I'm I'm trying to play the elimination game here to some degree.
1: Well, Braden, I would love to give the answer. I would eliminate everybody in the division, but that is not a truthful (laughs) answer. Uh, In fact, once again, here we sit, After how many years now? I mean, we just saw the St. Louis Blues come out of the Predators division and win a Stanley Cup championship, the uh, Stanley Cup trophy. The Predators were in the Stanley Cup final. You had, I mean, look, the Chicago Blackhawks in their run. You had the Winnipeg Jets making their run to a conference. I mean, look how far this division and how it's represented the division over the last five, six years. I mean, it's been murderous row. I mean, the Predators have been fantastic the Jets have been fantastic everybody has been good really hasn't been any dogs in this division and the teams that did have trouble like Dallas is really good and then they drop off and then they come back and they're really good and then they drop off so there's never been you know somebody like the Cleveland Browns in the division year after year where you just cross them off the list and you go well they have no chance I mean if you're asking me to pinpoint Minnesota's always steady yeah they don't you know, it's it's the Marty Schottenheimer. They always get to the playoffs, but they can't make any noise, and so they get that tag, and certainly their coach has that tag, rightfully so, but Minnesota's always there, but I truly think Minnesota has taken a step back. I mean, gosh, I hate to pile on Paul Fenton. It looks like it was a rough one year as the GM of the Minnesota Wild, but it does not look like a, a roster that is going the right direction. It looks like it's a roster that's regressed because of some of the moves, and I just have to believe that Minnesota, while I think the division may be the toughest division in hockey, they may be the worst team. I mean, I wanted to answer that with Winnipeg. Man, I was keeping my fingers crossed that Patrick Line would get traded away. They wouldn't sign Kyle Connor. He would be available. Dustin Bufflin would say, I'm done. So I could say, well, Winnipeg's out. But <laughs> what happens? Laine gets a two-year bridge deal. Kyle Connor gets signed over the weekend, and I guess we're still waiting on Big Buff on what – he's going to do, and it looks like Winnipeg will probably be back in, in the fold and in the mix. And even a team like Chicago will be better. So uh, Dallas is really good. Colorado is really good. The Predators are really good. Braden, unfortunately, we're right back where we've been <laughs> the last five or six years. The division is just really good. We need more dogs. That's D-O-G-S, dogs.
3: <laughs> um, we know, uh, Mac. we know Lavi um, doesn't mind, you know, teakering and tear tinkering with lineups um, and right now it's the whole tourist where do I put them? do I break up the Jofa line um, and insert them there and try to get the best out of them from that standpoint or do I put them in a second line uh, where do you think he would be better suited with the first line breaking up the Jofa line or putting him on a second line
1: well it seems like uh, what they've done once again you know getting back to sometimes what we see in camp and in preseason it plays out in the regular season. And I have to believe that they were doing that for a reason. I mean, I, I have to believe at least at the beginning of this. Look, and we know lines change. It's hard to talk about lines in hockey because they change so often. Very rarely unless you just have those, those special lines and they're just clicking at all times throughout the course of the season. I mean, coaches typically tend to try to push buttons, right, and move people around and try to get something or somebody going. But I have to believe this. I mean, obviously, they want to get Kyle Turris going. Everybody knows that. Uh, we know about his season last year. It's vitally important that number 8 gets going, and what a better way to get him going than put him uh, up there with some really, really incredibly talented hockey players. And so far in preseason, he's looked really good. Now, he's got to finish, right? It's all about finishing. We know in hockey you got to finish. And, and he has a bit, but he's been all over the place. He's been all around the net. He's hitting, banging pucks off the post I mean and the Predators had some power play goals which he was a part of as well they had five power play goals in six preseason games and so he looked good on that second power play unit um you know so yeah as of right now I think they're serious about you know we've talked so much about that first line which you know Forsberg, Arvidsson, and Johansson I mean that is a true first line but sometimes if you got a You know, we talk some about other teams. When they come in waves, it's about those first two lines. And I think the Predators want to talk about the first two lines coming in waves. And just like a lot of other really good teams, Pittsburgh has had that luxury over the years. And so I think for now, yeah, I think they are going to be split up and uh, subject to change. But I think to start off the season on Thursday night, we'll, we'll probably see what we've seen in camp and in preseason.
0: DMAC, final one for you. We saw some of the big news come down on Friday. Patrick Line gets a two-year deal, average annual value at $6.75 million. Your reaction to that Central Division move?
1: Damn. Um, I mean, uh, my reaction is uh, good for Patrick Line, but, yeah, I mean, I tell you, it was weird. It, it looked like, you know, there for a while. I was like, are they going to trade him? Is this really going to work out? He wants to be up on the first line. There's a prime example. Winnipeg is another team that's those first two lines coming in waves. And liney has been a guy that's been on that second line. He wants to be a, a first-line guy. He wants to, you know, be a superstar, which, you know, certainly has the name value. He's put up the, the, the stats, but they want him to be a two-way player. They want him to both ends of the ice. And Some of the things we've talked about, there's more to it than just scoring. And he's been in bulk. He's been in kind of like Sam's Club the first half of the season he hasn't been Sam's club in the second half of the season. He's done most of his scoring early on and then kind of teeters out as the season goes along, which, you know, that becomes the most critical time of the year. So, you know, he gets a two-year bridge deal, which is also something that we've seen, a new little trend in the league where you're thinking these young up-and-comers, some have gotten the long deals, the big deals. Some have gotten the two- and three-year bridge deals. So I guess it depends on which franchise we're talking about. Uh, in this case, it was a two year bridge deal. They're heavy loaded. They're back loading the second year. So, whenever they get to that point, that's the marker they can use. So, it's a kiss for the player and his agent of saying, Hey, this contract is up. This is the number we have to go on. So, the sh- smaller numbers on the first end or the beginning part of the contract, and the larger numbers on the back end, and they negotiate from there. So, it helps the player out. But, uh, yeah, I guess Line A and his ridiculous uh goatee or beard is going to be back in the fold in winnipeg
0: DMAC, to steal a line from you we're done it's time to pull the ripcord get ready for your show we'll be listening at 10 we thank you very much
2: guys good to talk to you thanks you
0: got it darren mcfarland joining
2: us and winnipeg also signed kyle connor seven years 50 million dollar contract as well interesting that they put more chips in his boat than in patrick Line's boat just a couple of years ago, that would have been comical. We would have said Patrick Line is the far better player. That that number for Line though, it's what was it six seven five mm-hmm. AAV? That that makes you look at him versus Kyle Turris's six million a year and go, ah, because if Line worth six seven five, I'd take that in a heartbeat over Turris at six. Uh, Winnipeg, there's some cap issues for Winnipeg. Coming, we will coming up
0: soon. We'll get into that on the other side as we react to what Darren had to say. Also coming up bottom of the hour, we go around the National Football League. It's Morning Drive live here on a Monday,
2: guys. I want to tell you about Spring Hill Heating and Cooling. And listen, I, I trust people that have been in the market who have who know the environment, who know their products, who know their clients. I like local business. I'm sorry. Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, locally owned, over two decades of experience in Middle Tennessee, and they have an answer for all of the problems that your house presents from a heating and cooling standpoint. And and again, small issues, you can fix those problems with Spring Hill Heating and Cooling by joining their comfort club. You get two checkups a year in off-season times to make sure that when the heat of the summer, like right now or the wintertime when it's extra cold, that your house is up and running smoothly and efficiently. They'll, it's a diagnostic check to keep everything running smoothly and prevent the big, the big problem or the big costly repair. But Spring Hill Heating and Cooling also has an answer for you. If you do end up with that emergency situation where you have that big costly repair, they'll come out, they'll do the whole diagnostic, they'll give you all the information you need to make a great educated decision and then they'll provide you with lots of different great financing options. For example, you need to buy a new AC unit. You need to replace the big equipment, right? Huge cost. How about no interest five years for for qualified buyers on new equipment? That's a, that's a fantastic deal because most of us can't just write a check to fix the entire thing. Proud sponsors of Smashville Live as well. Local business, folks. Buy local. Spring Hill Heating and Cooling. Spring Hill AC is the website. Springhillac.com spring hill heating and cooling again friends of the show not using the other guys anymore that's why my family uses them by local everybody spring hill heating and cooling
0: right now it is your chance to win a pair of three-day passes to the Exit 111 Festival in Manchester this uh, Friday, October the 11th. Actually, next Friday, October the 11th through Sunday the 13th of October. The lineup includes Guns N' Roses, Def Leppard, Leonard Skinner, Slayer in their last ever show in Tennessee, Deftones, Ghost, ZZ Top, and more. Just be caller 5 615 737 1025. Sharp
3: dressed man over there. Yeah. D Mace will be there. Yeah. Um, rocking out. It's October. Basically, today is the first, right, or tomorrow? Uh, no, not no. Yeah. Tomorrow. tomorrow, tomorrow was basically. Yeah, it's, it's basically. Yeah. It right. feels like July Fourth. Exactly. Um, Black. And East. it's Black hot East. as fish grease. <laughs> it's fish grease, hot as hot. Fish grease, yeah, fish grease. It's been hot as fish grease. All
2: all fryer grease is very. It, it is, yeah, it's absurdly hot. Yeah. When my wife, who's been living in Tennessee since the day she was born, is coming up to me telling me she wants summer to end. Like that, I've never heard her say that ever. I
3: don't mind. And summer. she's like,
2: she's like, I need this weather to stop. And when my wife is complaining about it being too hot, then I know it's too hot because that's a she likes it. She likes the hot weather. Fish grease is hot too. Fish grease is very hot. Uh, o- only fish grease at uh, Bridgestone Arena is when you throw the the catfish on the ice there. Smasher Live returns this Wednesday, folks. That's right. We returned before the Preds actually return. So there you go. Smasher Live on Wednesday, uh, hosted by me. Uh, live from Brewhouse South in Cool Springs, located at 1855 Galleria Boulevard from 7 to 8 p.m. on Wednesday night. This week's guests are Nashville Predators General Manager David Poyle and Assistant General Manager Brian Poyle. So it's Palooza at Smashville Live the first 50 people will have an opportunity to get an autograph or a picture fans can uh, obviously win tickets to see the Preds take on the San Jose Sharks at Bridgestone Arena on Tuesday October 8th plus Nash and the energy team will be there Smashville Live of course is brought to you by great sponsors Amsterdam Vodka cool uh Red Spirits and Wine and the wonderful folks at Spring Hill Heating and Cooling so come out on on Wednesday everybody got the, we got a uh, poila yeah
3: you got the pp's going uh, okay I like the Poil Palooza. Like, the the, the Poil Palooza though has I, I, like yeah, a wrestling feel to I it. I thought Poil yeah. was pretty good. Yeah.
0: You get like Brian Poyle, David Poyle, and then Brian Boyle, who was here last spring. It could be like the Poil It be the Poils of Pain. P P B. It could be a killer stable on Monday Night Raw,
3: or P B P, or B P P, or just P P. You got anything else?
2: You guys done? I just said
3: the PPs. He's got the PPs. So on.
2: I was, uh, shut up. Uh, I, was, I was looking at <laughs> That was mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was looking at odds because when I asked Darren, like, who, who could be. And I've talked to a lot of, like, just hockey experts that I trust the last couple of weeks just to get a feel for what expectations should be in the division and in the central division. And I, almost everybody I've talked to agrees Minnesota's the worst team. Mm-hmm. And Darren kind of agreed with us there as well. But when you look at the odds. Plus 300 Colorado to win the division. Plus 400 Dallas to win the division. Plus 400 St. Louis to win the division. The Preds and Jets are both plus 450. So the Nashville Predators are fourth right now, according to Vegas, to win the division. Chicago is plus 800. And then Minnesota is way down the list at plus 1600. So basically what Vegas is telling us is outside of Minnesota, there are basically six teams that can win this division.
0: I just don't know what what, what Vegas sees in Colorado to make them the favorite.
2: Um, they got, they're got they getting better talent-wise every single year. They're going deeper in the playoffs every single year. Their young players are getting better and better every single year. I don't have a problem with them being the favorite. Now, I think Dallas, like I would probably pick Dallas to win the division right now if I had to pick one. But,
0: See, I'd take St. Louis. But,
2: but I think St. Louis is a fair, yeah. Again, the Vegas odds are telling us that Colorado, Dallas, St. Louis, Nashville, and Winnipeg and who's, who's, are basically the, all the same. Who's
0: the goaltender for St. Louis? <laughs>
2: Why you gotta Bing. do this to me? <laughs> Come on, first one of the season, Jordan Binnington. Boom! boom. Yes, there I got we go. It. I got it. There we go. That's my boy, Bingham, 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 Birmingham. I can't. Uh, boom. It took me so long to get that stupid name right.
3: Well, I mean that that. Uh, you, you but you love to have a division i mean the titans, I mean, not the titans but the Prez do don't love it they wish they were the favorite and they would end up winning the division but to have a division where there are four or five teams that could potentially win it you know every night just about you got to show up with your a game and what's going to ultimately separate it all is two things obviously You know, good goaltending play. And then a war of attrition, who stays healthiest longer. Um, I think the Preds last year, them having the bulk of their injuries kind of hurt them toward the latter part of the year because they had their injuries and, you know, things started to, you know, not go as well, but then guys started to get healthy and they started to play a little better.
2: I like that this team is picked fourth, according to Vegas. If I'm a Preds fan, I like it. Mm -hmm. So kind of like the Titans kind of they they the Titans have won two games as a five and a half point dog and they've lost two games to backup quarterbacks as favorites. Some teams don't play well as favorites, and some teams Mm -hmm. play well as underdogs. I like this Predator's roster with a chip on its shoulder with something to prove. I just I, I, I that's how I am wired as a sports fan. I want my team to be the underdog to play with that sort of like underdog mentality. I just enjoy that that situation better. I'm way more uncomfortable when I'm the favorite as a as a sports fan. Um I just think that's good for the Predators having be- having had so much success the last three years best three year run in franchise history to now be looked at as oh you still got to do something you still got to prove it by, by the national people by Vegas by mm-hmm. bettors that, that say you know what Dallas might be better you know Colorado might be better and, and St. Louis might be better with with, with justifiable reasons I don't I, I, like, I don't know call me crazy I like in a division that's so tightly packed I like not being the favorite M- maybe that's Just me being weird.
0: Speaking of calling you crazy, call me crazy. I don't care if this team gets 95 points. Mm -hmm. I don't care if this team gets 110 points. I don't care if they win the President's Trophy. I don't care if they get in as a 7 seed. As long as this team makes the playoffs, that's all I care. Because we've seen central divisions. Mm -hmm. We've seen President's Trophies. I want to see the power play better this year. I want to see Kyle Turris figure it out. And all I care about is the postseason. So I almost really don't care if they are world beaters in the regular season, if they just are steady, Eddie, even keeled. If they go through struggles for two and a half months and get hot at the right time, I don't want to diminish the regular season. Mm -hmm. But we're at a point now where it's, hey, you need to win a Stanley Cup. I know you're a playoff team. The other extra checkbox bucket list items, they've already checked off. Like, well, it, just get in and do your thing.
3: Well, it all depends on, you know, what type of hockey are they playing prior to the playoffs? Uh, because I think that means a lot. Uh, if they're playing good hockey, uh, there's good goaltending play, the power play has been relatively figured out at that point um, heading into the playoffs, then I think that's a good thing. If there's still some type of, you know, question marks in certain areas, I don't think you want to enter the playoffs um like that and it's not just for me it's not just getting into the playoffs it's you know what do you do when you get in the playoffs you yeah. can be the first seed or the last seed but what do you do once you get in the playoffs because i don't think it's acceptable uh at this point in time considering where they've been anything less than a trip to the western conference finals uh, is we'll a agree. disappointment it, it truly is so and i know for them you know, it's probably it's anything less than a championship is a disappointment. Yep. But I'm just saying anything less, considering, you know, the type of team they have. These guys have been together long enough. They've had Duchesne. They, they've moved around tours, and hopefully that works out. To me, anything less than a Western Conference. And I know yeah. we're getting ahead of ourselves, but we. We do this and we love doing it or hate doing it. But anything less than a Western conference But it's, it's like one of these games, things when, it's when, when you, a disappointment. When to you're me. a
0: playoff team year in and year out, like I mean, do Patriot fans still value winning the AFC East? I think they do. Do do Red Sox fans I mean, the Red Sox they want to win a World Series. The Golden State Warriors, you think they care about winning a Pacific division? I think, I, I think d- it's just Boston, at this point no,
3: Boston didn't even make the playoffs yeah, this year. I think you do from the standpoint let's just say those sports. I think you do because it gives you that home field sort of advantage i mean you can win the 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 president's cup or trophy trophy a trophy you can win the president's trophy you can be like chicago did the one year they won a the president's trophy but they were not playing good hockey toward the end well and look at tampa ended, bay last they year getting eliminated they tampa got swept bay, in the first swept round in the first round it all depends on how are you playing yeah. toward the end I, I think it
2: helped, Yeah, and I think you're right. I think we can sit here and say, all right, what's a reasonable expectation mm-hmm. for this team? And say, w- we think anything less than a Western Conference Finals appearance would be considered a mild disappointment to a, a first-round exit, huge disappointment. Second-round exit, not as disappointing. Third-round exit, okay, pretty darn good season. You were one of the four mm-hmm. best teams in the NHL. You made it to the Western Conference Finals. Are the players going to walk out of that meet that locker room on that final game? completely distraught and, and and disappointed you bet yeah, Fan, and would. fans in the moment should be distraught and distret, uh, uh, upset no question but I think and again those guys are their excuse or their their reasoning is Stanley or bust there's is Stanley Cup or, or, or nothing I, I think for those of us in the media whose job is it to look at a team and 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 create expectations on the front end at the start of the year we say what is supposed to happen with this team. What do we expect to happen? And those change, right? Those changes the season goes along. But right now, I think that's the benchmark for me too. Western Conference Finals. I am satisfied with the year, more than satisfied with the year. That's again. That's that doesn't mean that's what I want. Well, for me, you, it would, you want a championship. It would be. It
0: depends. Like if you're in the Western Conference Finals and you're a massive underdog to Calgary and sure. you lose in six or seven games, okay. Right. But if you're the favorite in the series and you're up. I don't know, two games to none in the Western Finals and you yeah. lose four of the next five? Yeah. Well, then it would be a major failure.
2: No, that's you're right. You're a lot a- of specifics a- within you're it. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's not just if... You know, a lot of people say the phrase championship or bust. A lot of times it's what does the bust look and feel like and how, how is it, which is always very important with a bust. How does it look and feel? Oh, um, yeah. And so, Duh. <laughs> so you have to... You know, again, like if you're the one seed and you get run by the eight seed, that's very different than if you're the underdog and you lose in seven games. So everything is is gotten subtlety and nuance to it, which of course is lost in all of sports talk communication at this point. Um, I I think the number one biggest fact uh, to build on y'all's point about, you know, you don't care about the president's trophy or the division. I do think that home ice does matter to some degree. It can help you. It can make your path to the Stanley cup easier. You know, if you have, if you, if you can go through a wild card and another wild card instead of two division champions, that makes your path a little easier. So there is some of that to To be in the equation, Uh, so that is something that should matter to people. Having a great regular season, seeing your team win all the time, you know that's not ninety five points; that's one hundred ten points. I think all that's. I I think this roster has more flexibility today than it did last year going into the season. Mm -hmm. They've got a deeper pipeline with better prospects in in Milwaukee with Pitlick and Tolvanen and Davies, giving them opportunity to play. Carrier's down there too. Last year, I don't think they had as deep a forward core as they do today. You know, no PK Subban's a huge loss, but there's large. This is largely a more versatile roster, both at mm-hmm. the forward position and in the prospect position, which gives Lavi and Poyle a lot more maneuverability throughout the course of the year. Um, especially if you need to do the one thing I think you have to do, which is acquire a Braden to win a championship. You, you've got to have a Braden on your team to win a championship.
0: Braden Shen, Braden Holtby.
2: Uh, that, those are the last two champions. Washington won a championship because they had a Braden on their team. The Colts
0: have a Braden now. Uh-huh. Braden Smith.
2: Are they going to win, though? I don't know. They did They did go to the playoffs last year. But in, but in hockey, it's clear that the obvious strategy to win a Stanley Cup is to acquire a Brayden. So I'm willing to suit up for the Preds if I have to.
0: Coming up next, it is time to go around the NFL. Marquise Hollywood-Monson has the biggest storylines and the biggest highlights from week number four. That's next on Morning Drive. Welcome back in Morning Drive, ESPN 1025, the game. A big Finish coming up in just about 10 minutes. But as we do each and every Monday at 9.30 here on the show, we go around the National Football League, some of the biggest highlights, some of the biggest storylines emerging from yesterday's NFL action. And now I hand it off not to Joe Buck, not to Kurt Menefee, not to Michael Strahan, but to Marquise Hollywood Munson.
1: Mayfield. Throws
2: wide open to the fire zone ricky seals jones with the touchdown first and 15 chubb chubb with running room chubb to the 40 on his way to the end zone
4: the browns get a big victory on the road against the baltimore ravens baker mayfield all the overrated hype that Rex Ryan was talking about. Rex Ryan even wore orange and brown yesterday on the TV broadcast.
2: Does he know, who the, Titans, does he know who the Titans' safety is yet? No, he doesn't. Okay. Byard. It's
4: that Kevin Baxter guy. Yeah, Kevin Baxter. <laughs> so the Browns get a big win, 40-25 to against the Ravens. After seeing that Browns' offense now outside of, you know – Odell Beckham getting choked by Marlon Humphreys, but he threw
2: threw a punch too.
4: He he did throw a punch and probably should be suspended for that. Mm -hmm. But the Browns offense, have they finally come alive that the Browns offense that you've seen in this overhyped Browns offense that we talked about all offseason?
2: I would say Freddie Kitchens did the right thing by giving the ball to Nick Chubb and realizing that Nick Chubb is how he's going to win games this year, because then the job is easier for Baker and everybody else.
3: Totally yeah. agree. I was surprised that they were able to put up 45 points, but when you rush for 160-some yards, Nick Chubb, you can do that against, you know, that's a pretty good, really good run defense, and they just ran all over them.
2: And first place in the division now. Yeah.
3: You know, Lamar Jackson kind of looks like, uh, you know, a middle-of-the-road quarterback when
0: he's not playing the Dolphins and the Cardinals every week. <laughs> just thought yeah. I'd throw that out there.
3: About, I how- mean, no, he's the he did, even in the Kansas City game, he played, pretty well he's a guy he's gonna they he's gonna take chances and they're gonna live and die with it but i think the positives with him outweigh the negatives how about this how many teams in the afc have a better record than the titans a few three yeah a few the
2: browns are two and two baltimore two and two all of the afc south is two and two Mm -hmm. chargers and raiders two and two chiefs patriots bills only teams better record than two and two in the AFC. Mm-hmm. And one of them
0: comes to Nashville next week.
2: Yep.
1: Oh! That one hit Davis right in the chest, and it's Janoris Jenkins, and that's a third interception throw.
4: Now, the Redskins remain winless, 24-3, lost to the Giants. Obviously, rookie quarterback versus rookie quarterback because Wayne Haskins checked in for Case Keetum. But he threw three interceptions and was sacked twice. Is it safe to say, fellas, that Jake Gruden would probably be the first coach fired in the NFL? Yeah, I think he's going to get
0: whacked. But I think the bigger story is Daniel Jones, the first Giants quarterback to start off 2-0 and as a rookie since Danny Cannell. 1997.
2: Oh, wow. You know what? You know what he's gonna do, Daniel Jones. He's gonna have a career where he plays for like 18 years, wins, you know, basically half the games he plays. We'll throw a lot of interceptions, but we'll probably put up a lot of stats, and then probably beat Patrick Mahomes in like three Super Bowls. So, so he's Eli. So he's gonna be Eli, yeah. basically.
3: Hey, Giants will take it. Yeah, Giants will take it. Um, I think it's either Gruden or. Um, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. I think those are the yeah, first Quinn's, two guys that are gone this year. The way they I don't know up who yesterday. goes first, but one of them one of them's going this season. Haskins
2: had some moments of looking good, but he did not. That's he, not a good team. Washington's was not, not, not a good team,
3: man. Yeah. And, yeah, I agree. You know, maybe, just maybe, they <laughs> shouldn't have played him just yet. You might be right. You know.
2: Cousins loses the football. Strip sack. Takeaway by Chicago.
3: Who else but Khalil Mack?
0: At some point you're not going to be able to run the ball for 180 yards even with the best running back in the NFL. And, and that's when you have to be able to throw the ball. You have to be able to make plays. Um, you have to be able to you know, hit the ball, the deep balls. You have to do that because otherwise it's too easy for teams to just tee up and, and rush the quarterback. So we have to be able to run the ball and pass the ball. In this league, you cannot be one-dimensional. It's just too easy to defend.
4: Adam Thielen, wide receiver throwing his quarterback under the bus. Now, I, and I know we talk about this Bears defense and how good they are, but how much was Kurt's Cousins' struggles just he- because of this defense, or is he just that awful?
0: Kirk Cousins, look at his history against really good teams and really good defenses. Uh, Kirk Cousins has got to have the best agent in NFL history. (laughs) To get that money all guaranteed, the guy is mediocre.
2: Well, they thought they were one guy away. They thought they had every piece Mm -hmm. left other than the quarterback, so they let Keenum walk, who I I don't blame him for that decision, to go to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is a better player, but Kirk Cousins has not. You know, he's put up a lot of numbers that aren't important.
0: Well, Chase, Chase Daniel came in yesterday in relief of Trubisky, and he looked better against Minnesota than Cousins did, who's the starter against Chicago. And,
2: and this Chicago defense, boys, holy smokes. Listen,
3: All-time I great? I don't know about that Trending yet, that way?
2: But it's foolish. And they are holy trending
3: smokes. on being one of the best defenses ever. Couldn't beat the Packers. Um, couldn't beat Matt No, they couldn't. They held them to what? 10, 10, know, 10 points. Just, yeah, I just like talking, um, talking nonsense. but I mean, listen. Yeah, Adam Thielen. I don't know if he was throwing his quarterback under the bus. I was. I think he was saying we just got to. We have to be able to throw the ball down the field. We got to throw it and catch it. Um, and it's just as much on the receivers to get open as it is the quarterback to to make that play. But man. When Khalil, Khalil Mack and that front seven yeah, is Lord. barreling in on you, man. He's got four and a half You try sacks, to be the quarterback yeah. in that situation. And that was a defense yesterday that didn't have
4: Roquan Smith, who yeah. was inactive. Man. And he's I'll, a beast.
3: And I will say this about Adam Thielen.
4: He had two receptions for six yards in that game. So probably a little frustration there with six yards in that
3: game. Well, get off the line of scrimmage. Adam mm-hmm. Thielen <laughs> beat that Vantage defense. Um, and then you'll be all right but man that defense is can we
2: um can we do that segment about the bill's patriots game (laughs) tomorrow because i think there's a lot that we need to discuss about that particular game as it pertains to coming up this weekend for sure
0: no doubt about it coming up next it is time for the big finish Mm -hmm. stay there that is correct it is time for the big finish we do it each and every day at 9 45 here on morning drive and the big finish Braden gall is brought to you by
2: nashville soccer club get your season tickets for the inaugural mls season next year at nashville sc.com that's right the website NashvilleSC.com.
0: and we welcome you into another edition of morning
3: drive live here on a football monday it was a good victory well a good first half let's put it that way it's good that Derrick Henry has been running the ball the way he has been because it forces the teams, especially teams like Atlanta, to stack up the the line. And then, you know, they have to play one-on-one or off coverage outside, and it makes Marcus's job a lot easier. And frankly, they did what they, they should have done in that scenario. They went down to Atlanta, and for the first half, They just totally had their way with Atlanta. Second half was a different story. I don't know if they changed game plans because they were up and they just, you know, relied so heavily on their defense. But it was a tell of two teams, first half and second half. First half, they played basically flawless football almost.
2: The two touchdown passes, I can't decide which one's better. His second one and his third one are both two of the most beautiful throws he's made this season, last season, three seasons. I I don't know. I mean, those are the touchdown, the fade route to Brown, and then uh, obviously facing a blitz on a third down to get rid of it as fast as he did to Corey Davis on the outbreaking route. um, is exactly what people have been asking him to do, right? Like, read the play, throw a receiver open in the face of pressure, make, make your team better. And that's what he did yesterday, the first half. The defense was exceptional. Dean Pease will drink your milkshake every single stinking day. What, three fourth down conversions inside their own 40 yard line? The defense was exceptional yesterday. Atlanta's going to score a lot of points on a lot of teams. That Titans defense is going to travel, boys. Every single game they play, they could be in because that defense is legit.
0: We welcome in our buddy Corey Curtis from News 2.
2: I don't want to be overly harsh or mean after a victory, but it might be the worst game managerial decision I've ever seen. I I mean, I just sat there and was absolutely astounded. It's a possession game at that point because it was the fourth quarter, and it puts you up three possessions. A touchdown puts you up three possessions. So there wasn't that much to gain. And he talked about... You know, wanting to get his offense, you know,
1: a play, and and I I guess, you know, really put it away. A field goal. It also, a field goal rewards your offense for a good drive.
0: Vrabel, you know, an aggressive coach by nature, but it is sheer simple math. It's, I think it was what, 13 minutes to Uh go in the game. Yeah. You can make that a three score game. Why are you being stupid? Congrats to Vanderbilt! They get their first win of the year. Also, Keyshawn Vaughn having his first kid. I believe a day before.
2: What did you guys do the day after you? Like, you
3: uh, like I slept like there.
0: I gave birth. Two quick things on this Vanderbilt game. One, there's no way there was twenty four thousand people there. No, <laughs> total no, lie. I mean, no. there looked like there was twenty four people there.
2: I saw you guys tweet about that. That's no, just
0: outrageous! What, what a blatant lie. Twenty four grand? <laughs> well, there's nice. no way. It looked like there was twenty four thousand people at the Falcons Titans game yesterday.
3: It was like a a play a high school playoff game. That's what it was. Like. It really was. No, seriously. I know a high not, school playoff I'm game. It would be the I'm equivalent because to true, not because to say I don't know uh, who are the best teams. It, it now. would be M- NBA. If yeah. you went
2: Redwood Academy versus NBA. Exactly. You, in a state championship game in like Cookville, mm-hmm. And you, that's you, what you, it was. You, that's
3: basically what it was. <laughs> and and <laughs> you hit it right on the head, right there. <laughs> vandy fans are just it's like y'all live in this alternative world like i mean y'all think that y'all are supposed to blow teams out for some reason like oh they're northern illinois no northern illinois even though i said last week they went out a good team that's a good team they played a tough schedule. yeah they played a tough schedule and vandy i mean vandy is just vandy we welcome in Mr. College Football himself. Tennessee's
1: just not very good. They don't have the personnel they need. They don't run the ball when they want to. The quarterback keeps missing open receivers. Uh, they're just they're just not a very good football team. Now the Tennessee people have got to be patient, and that's not their strong suit. Well, it's nobody, nobody's nobody's <laughs> patient. But let's just be fair. Nobody's patient. But no, this is a this is a Georgia team that is getting better and better and better. Had a really tough game against Notre Dame two weeks ago. I think that helps you grow as a team. So no, I. Do not. I don't expect Tennessee to keep this
0: game close. Yeah, Trevor right now, Lawrence is not the best player in America.
1: Uh,
2: okay.
0: Trevor Lawrence has looked awful
2: this year. Awful is a really see here. Here's now,
0: here, this is what you guys do. You got you caught co- you college football national media guys fall in love with <laughs> one game because he looked better than Tua. Tua Tonga Valoa looks leaps and bounds better than Trevor Lawrence this year. You can look at stats. You can look at tape. The eye test. There's no way you can now
2: look. Trevor Trev, 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 Tua's played better. Not, Trev, I've never Trevor
0: that. Lawrence could be the next Andrew Luck, But right now, Tua Valoa is leaps and bounds better at this moment through five weeks in tra- Joining us each and every Monday on this show will be our buddy Darren McFarlane, who,
1: as of right now, I think they're serious about, you know, we've talked so much about that first line, which, you know, Forsberg, Arvidsson, and Johansson, I mean, that is a true first line, but sometimes if you gotta, you know, we talk to them about other teams, when they come in waves, it's about those first two lines, and I think the Predators want to talk about the first two lines coming in waves, and just like a lot of other really good teams, Pittsburgh has had that luxury over the years, and so, I think for now yeah I think they are going to be split up and uh subject to change but I think to start off the season on Thursday night we'll we'll probably see what we've seen in camp and in preseason
4: it's a big week this weekend. Lenny Dykstra pulled out two days before the fight, so That's soft. they Is replaced. It, it was Screech that replaced him. the what the Muhammad Ali of celebrity wait, boxing. Wait. Screech replaced wait, Lenny wait, Dykstra. So they what put, happened? Did he fight Bagel Boss? No, because Bagel Boss pulled out of the fight.
2: Uh, One Screech got in so the game. So we got because, multiple guys pulling out. Yes. Yeah. I still think there needs to be a fight. Like I still, would you I still fight Bagel Boss? Would I you fight Screech? Let's spell that. Down, I would dude.
0: drop him in two seconds. <laughs> Philly Nick would come out. I'd knock that New Yorker right out.
2: I don't know, dude. Bagel Boss looks pretty wild. Uh, yeah, I don't know, I would, I would, man. I would. His hands look pretty quick in those training videos. <laughs> oh, what, <laughs> <not> Trust me. <laughs> right I am not pulling
0: <laughs> out. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. That was the morning drive daily rewind. It's a part of the Big Finish, each and every day at 9.45 here on Morning Drive. Yeah. You guys remember that song? Little Calice," 2003, yes. I think.
3: Man, the video was even louder.
0: I could teach you, but I'd have to charge.
2: <laughs> I think this is the difference, Nick, between you and I um, hmm. and my nerdiness. And I, I think <laughs> oh, your goodness. coolness, actually. Uh, we, th- we hear the same phrase. And I think of Daniel Day-Lewis doing an Oscar performance in a three-and-a-half-hour movie about oil companies in the 1800s. And... You hear it, and you think about a pop song that... (laughs) 16 years ago just went to the wayside. 16 years
0: ago. Yep. That's pretty much it. That is us in a nutshell. All right, really quickly, uh, we've got Monday Night Football tonight. As the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and the Bengals play, a battle of 0-3 teams. Could Monday Night Football suck anymore? (laughs) I swear to God, every week the games are awful. Man, well... Like, Sunday night is great, and then Monday night is just...
2: Hey, the Bengals have the better quarterback. <laughs> oh
3: wow they do just think about that <laughs> yeah
0: where were bad. you when mason rudolph lit up andy dalton that'll be the question we ask tomorrow morning
3: to uh, all in my bed
2: sleeping <laughs> not watching uh,
3: so nobody's watching monday night football tonight should anybody watch it no if you're not a stiller or bingo fan no no it's uh, not like Corey dillon's in the backfield um ben is that quarterback You know, Le'Veon is at running back and it's a Vontage, you know, Stiller and Bingo defense. Those days are gone.
2: I can't wait to watch Tyler Boyd and James Washington tonight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Although, you know what? One guy that's really lit it up so far this year was a guy you were critical of, uh,
3: John Ross. Yeah, He's He's had a good season. He's he's, he's playing well. He's playing well this year. Uh, Let's see how it goes. But, I mean, again, nah, I don't want no part of it. He laid it down versus Alabama. Okay. I will always remember that.
2: You're never going to let that go. No, I'm never going (laughs) to let
3: that go. All right, that is it for us today on a Monday. We'll be
0: back tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock. Darren Donick and Chase coming up next. A little double-dip action. The boys are back together. The constable, by the way, sporting a tan. Yeah, got a nice little tan. He was (laughs) in the big T. Must be nice to take off days during football season and just lay on a beach. Yeah.
2: Was he really laying on the beach? There's not a lot of great beaches in Clearwater, yeah. yeah,
3: but they have fun. I saw some of oh, the uh, social media, it. social media stuff, yeah, social media, yeah, social media. I was ber- ber- belching, Bert whatever it is. <laughs>
0: Speaking of social media, as O. J. Simpson would say when he signs off on social media, take care,
3: <laughs> Bailey DJ Nashville. I love you.